You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 37 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. Um, and today, today we have a lot of guests um, in the waiting room. We have uh, our listeners. We put on Instagram um, last week, I think it was, to have um, people join the podcast. And we have some people who reached out who wanted to join. We uh, we threw them in our waiting list here, and they're gonna come. They're gonna come in on five minute intervals, say whatever they have to say, rant about whatever they want to rant about. Um, and yeah, and we'll go from there. So it's gonna be kind of a an episode for me and Justin to just listen and see what others have to say about the Habs' horrible season, about anything that's going on in the National Hockey League. Um, and yeah, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we're super excited. We, uh, we, we're always looking for a different perspective. Say it every time we record, but it's nice to, nice to hear it from the fans. And look, like we have our own opinions. And they're sometimes harsh opinions. Sometimes we're too easy on certain players. But now it's your guys' turn to give us your honest opinions, your honest questions, and tell us what you want us to hear and what you want everyone else to hear. Yeah, so if uh, we're probably going to do this again absolutely soon so um so yeah if you if you're listening to this and you're like oh i want to be on this then next time just uh when you see that that message on instagram or that post just hit us up and we'll uh, we'll do it again absolutely so uh yeah so five minute intervals we got our first guest uh, liam Baum here he's been on the podcast before and we'll uh, i'll throw him in right now how's it going boys you guys hear me okay yeah we hear you Welcome, welcome to the All right, perfect. for the third time. Thank you. Happy welcome to be to back. It might, it might even be the fourth time. Uh, that's what I was going to say, maybe fourth. Record, yeah. record setting over here? Record setting, on? yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Liam Baum. Look, well, are, we can, asking, are we asking them questions? Like, no, he can just go for it. Yeah, Liam, I so mean, you, you choose. I, I, you're a little guinea pig. Uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys wanted to say anything to me, but I actually prepared some questions for you guys. Wow! Jeez, came prepared. Okay. Holy cow! Yes, I came. Pre- I took my notes. Shoot. So, I, you guys always touch base on these things. I just want to hear. <laughs> let me get on the camera more. But uh, you get yeah. You guys always touch base about these things on other podcast episodes. But I I just want to hear like a concrete answer, and I'll give my answer as well. Okay. Question. So I'll start off. I, I actually have five questions here. Holy All cow! Right? Let's okay. do it. All right. First question. Starting off strong. If you were the Habs GM at the deadline this year, what would be two to three moves you would make and the return you would expect from those players that you trade? Okay, so I think that's a, I, I, that's a great question. It, it requires a little bit of, of thinking for sure, but I think there's a couple that me and Mark can, can yeah, we can you agree know, on. confidently yeah. agree on here. Number one is Sherratt for anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, not anything. <laughs> anything maybe like in, in the first round pick range plus. I think that that's a great return for someone on, in, in this type of market that demands value, especially for a playoff team making a push. So anything a first plus for Sherratt for me um, is, is one move. Two, I think that the way that Arturi Lekkinen is playing, I think that if you can move him for what it, his value is deemed to be right now on the market, you absolutely ship him off. Um, you look like teams like the Rangers that seem to be interested. Um, so there, there's no reason to have him on our team. I know he doesn't take up too much cap space, but I think that his return um, does demand a lot in this in this market. And third, I think that the, this I guess this can be a little bit controversial. I would go with Jeff Petrie. I think that he's a guy that, again, looking for a right-handed defenseman, a first-pairing defenseman in particular. Um, again, a lot of teams are looking around for that type of player, especially someone in the playoffs to give them a boost. So I'd uh, those, are, those are my three. 
Um, okay, so first two I agree with, Sherrod Lekin and yep. Sherrod, I think, um, first in a prospect type, you know, like a lower-end type of prospect, a B-level prospect. I don't think it has to be crazy. Um, but if Chikrin's off the board, you kind of he's the best left-shot defenseman on the market. I think you got to get a good return for him. Um, Corkinson's Lekinen. Um, Saravalli said last week that they're comparing him to the Blake Coleman deal um, last trade deadline. And that got... Um, that return was what a first and Nolan and plus and foot, Nolan right? Foot, yeah. Nolan foot. Um, so like, I don't know. Lekinen, I think he can fetch a first. Um, if it's to the team that like that first round pick is probably going to be 25th and over. Um, but a first is a first, especially the drafts in Montreal. You can accumulate as many as you can. And again, a B level prospect. Um, and third, I'm, I'm going to go with Mike Hoffman. Okay. Um, he just looks like a guy who doesn't want to be here and nothing against him. I think he's a good hockey player. Um, but I think you can fetch a good return for a guy who's a proven goal scorer. Maybe in the playoffs, he played well in Ottawa back in the day. So who knows if a team looks at that and says, uh, maybe he can help us for a nice run. Um, that that return, um, I wouldn't expect a first-round pick. Um, maybe a pair of seconds. I, honestly, it's tough with that that contract. It's, tough with the, you, it's also tough to gauge the market too. And this, yeah. is what, this is what I want to hear from you, Liam, as well, right? Like the market hasn't been set yet. Hasn't been set And we have no idea. Like the second that a guy like Chikrin comes off the board, right right then and there, you're going to have an idea about uh, about return. what Chirac yeah, goes for. A exactly. guy like Petrie. So I think, look, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, Look, we're we're willing to move anyone, but I think the Sherrod Lekinen are kind of set in stone for us, and then you can add an even Gallagher, for example, to a contending team. So those are guys for us. Yeah, so I'll just jump in. I'll say Sherrod and Lekinen 100% need to be moved. And uh, the third guy, I, I would think Hoffman as well. I think it was just a signing to fill a roster spot, not a hole, like you guys said in the past, and that's essentially one of the biggest problems this year with the Habs. But the thing is with the trade deadline is that no player is actually worth what they're considered to be worth. They're worth way more because right. people are buying and they're paying for these rentals to win the cup, right? So mm-hmm. we might think Lekkinen, oh, he's a third-line player. He's just a depth player, but he's going to be worth probably uh, like what a top six forward would usually get a return of, right? Absolutely. Right, and, so, and again, I'll just chime in quickly, but you, you look at a guy like like uh, Nick Foligno, la- last last tr- um, trade deadline, I mean, he fetched a first. He contributed yeah. nothing to that Leafs team mm-hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. So with that being said, I mean, again, is Nick Foligno worth a first-round pick in uh, closer to the deadline? Maybe, but right here and now, absolutely not. So you're absolutely right. Okay, so... Yeah, and remember, remember, like, two years ago, three years ago, Vegas traded for Thomas Tatar. They traded a first, a second, and a third for him. He played one playoff game or right. something. Yeah, it was, exactly. So, you know, okay, anyways. so we're, we're reaching the five-minute mark, but I'm going to let you go. We'll go to 10 minutes. So we'll do 10 minutes. So, for everyone listening, right. if you want to go to 10 minutes, you can. Um, but if you if you have nothing to say, just just let us know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes, but... It's, it's a trial and error a little bit, yeah, so yeah. we'll work with what we got. But since Liam sets the, sets the standards here, uh, <laughs> we'll put it to 10. All right, All next right, question. Ahead, Do you see guys like RHP, Raphael Harvey Pinard, Pazetta, yeah. and Pitlick on the roster next year? You want to go first on, with this one? Uh, sure. Um, I definitely see Rem Pitlick on the roster. I think um, Jeff Gordon brought him in for a reason. A reason. Uh, RHP, look, again, these are guys that are going to need completely new evaluations because these are guys that were evaluated by uh, Mark Bergevin and his staff. Um, do I think he can play a great bottom six role in the future? Yes. Um, do I think he takes a spot on the fourth line? Sure. 
Um, look, I can't say 100% if I see him there. I'd like, to, honestly, I'd like to see him there. I, I see Pizzetta there, considering um, if you're moving out guys, this this trade deadline in the offseason might as well slot those guys in. Um, but yeah, I, I'd see an Island in RHP and Pizzetta, but I'd focus more on the Palings um, and the Islands over those guys. Um, but RHP definitely, yeah, could be an option. For me, I think all three. I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you, and there's one reason for me. Again, low expectations with this hockey team. Mm-hmm. Now, going into next year, you're gonna, you're, you're presumably going to be picking in the top three. There's going to be a lot of moves being made at the deadline, but not only the deadline, but also in the offseason. So with that being said, I think that, again, you're going into next season with a very fresh, a very young hockey team that is looking to prove why they deserve a roster spot. Now, a guy like Rem Pitlick has shown why he deserves a ro- roster spot. Raphael Harvey-Pinard has shown why he deserves a roster spot, and so has Pezzetta. Maybe it's a limited role on the fourth line playing 10 minutes a game, but regardless, you need those types of players on your roster. So I absolutely, to answer your question, I would say all three for sure. And on top of that, these hockey players are not going to be playing with very many expectations for the next maybe two, even maybe three seasons. So it's time to show your worth and prove why you deserve a spot. Yeah, I'll say all three as well. Um, uh, Liam, we'll do question. we'll do one maybe one more. two more questions yeah. yeah yeah sounds good would you uh who would you consider to be the five players the canadians will essentially build around for the next five years let's say yeah see last episode we did three right yeah so this is it gonna make it a little three. bit tougher yeah. uh just uh, just to you know narrow your question down a little bit like does a guy like Caden Gooley count for example yes yes okay. any any prospect or roster player on the habs that right. you will see on the team for the next five years. So even without an ELC? Yes. Okay. So could be so, anyone. So for, okay. for me, uh, mm-hmm. I would go like Suzuki Caulfield locked in right there. Yeah. Absolutely locked in. Now, this is where it gets a little bit complicated. Yeah, I think that there's one guy, and we've talked about this, and you convinced me of it, Mark, yeah. that needs to stay on this team despite his age and contract. It's Josh Anderson. Okay. Now, you might be thinking, why on earth would you want to you know, build your team around him? Mm-hmm. You need someone with some veteran experience and some experience on how to win some playoff games. So I, I'm putting Anderson there maybe a little bit prematurely, but we'll leave him there for now. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think a guy like Caden Gooley, like I, I, I think... Five is tough. Five is tough. Am I struggling here? Like, I think it's. I have, really I have too many. Response? Like, I have too many guys. Look, I have too many also. Romanoff, too. Shoot out a dark, dark, dark. Like, like if I'm, I, uh, my answer, I'm just going to exclude veterans, even though I completely agree that you need guys to build, you need older guys to build a, a team in the future. But if a GM came to me and said, give me five untouchables, um, Suzuki, Caulfield, Romanov, Norlander, Primo. So you exclude Gouli from that list. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, a hundred percent. I'd build around them. Like obviously, if I had a, I had a six right, guy, it's Gouli. There's no five. risk. High, right, you know okay. what I mean? Um, but Romanov's I, not in that picture. No, he is. He is. Oh, I, sorry, it was I Romanov. That. What about for you, Norlander? What are your five? Just out of curiosity, Liam. I'm gonna go Suzuki Caulfield, obviously. Okay. Then I'm gonna go Gouli, uh, Romanov, and Primo. I think we have to keep Primo. I think yeah, that's a legitimate list. Primo, yeah. I think that's I think that's very fair. I, think I didn't think you guys would say Primo. I thought that was more of a dark horse, just because there's so many guys who I think are above him in terms of prospect rankings. I don't know. If you look at other teams and how they struggled with uh, goaltending situations over the years, you need to keep a kid that, that can actually play in right. And again, I think having veterans are very important, but just in terms yeah, of building exactly. around. Yeah, but, it, but, but in this but little game, it's at, tough. Yeah, yeah, this little game narrows it down for yeah. sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we reached a 10 minute mark. Um, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, that went really quick. That went really we, thought, quick. we thought five would work. Yeah. Um, but Liam, great questions. We thank you for uh, tuning in. Feel free to stay in the and and the next the and your other two questions could be asked next time we. Do oh yeah, this. so save for them. Sure. Save them. For unless sure. the like unless it's they, about a certain player and it's completely irrelevant. Unless Ducharme and Ducharme's gone by then. Yeah, which I doubt. Which I doubt. So thanks, All Liam. Right. Appreciate it, Liam. Thanks, we'll see you boys. next time. Have a good yes, one. Sir. Stay safe. Um. All right. So next is uh, Justin Grinnell. So we'll add him to the stream. All right, I think he's muted. Hey guys, can you hear me? How hey, are what's you? up? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. No worries. No worries. Of course. Um, so, so Liam just had questions for us. I don't know if you want to just rant about something, talk about something, or if you have questions, we can ask you questions. Whatever you want, so you let us know. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. No. Just hop right in. I don't know. Um, I mean, the uh, I want to talk about the coaching situation. Of course, um, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about Ducharme and his uh, his ability to to be behind the bench there, and I don't know. I just I feel, I mean, I said since the beginning of the playoffs last year that I hope this job wouldn't just be handed to him because of the playoff run. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's obviously a lot of personnel lacking right now. You got injuries and your key guys. You lost a lot of guys from that playoff team last year. You can't forget guys like uh, KK and Perry. Um, but I just, it seemed like this Ducharme move, not only is it not working right now, but I think a big piece of the puzzle that people forget to mention a lot is Joel Bouchard, who we ended up losing because of that move. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that I think Bouchard was one of the best things that happened to that organization because it was finally putting an end to the years of destruction of the youth that was the Vanilla Five. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no. I mean, it's one way to put it. Jesus. It was bad. I mean, it was just we had no player development. It was. I mean, there's almost no drafted Habs players that made it through the the junior system, like the the junior system, the minor system. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And like, so yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, I'll just throw this right out. Do you fire him uh, now, Justin, or do you fire him? off season or do you wait till yeah, his contract I'd fire expires? Him in the off season honestly off season um, i would i would have fired him yeah. a year ago and i and i'm yeah. and i and and i'm well you would have not ju- promoted him i'm i know i want to let him speak okay but i'm just gonna i'm gonna say that and i think i think that He's we mad. can agree no i'm mad about this <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree i gave me a death stare but i think that we can both agree justin and justin here <laughs> just like justin to justin basis is that a big part of the reason that he was extended and and to me one of the only reasons he was extended is because he went on that playoff run anything else oh, he's definitely. not returning back right yeah definitely definitely it's and that's it's, why i just yeah. i don't think that his extension is 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 motivated like it's his yeah it's earned i don't i just don't feel like i feel like the job was given to him because of that playoff run he took over the team from julien i like and that's the other thing. I don't really see him getting fired because it'd add another third coach to the current payroll. It'll still be oh, Julian. Yeah. They'd obviously still be paying Ducharme. Mm-hmm. I don't at the end know. of the day, I think I just, Molson just wants to win, right? Uh, yeah. At what and cost? I don't know. Exactly. With the with the Habs finally moving over to the more modern structure of managing a franchise with uh, with Gorton obviously coming in. Well, I I think. I think I think what you bring up here is is important because it definitely begs the question of. Look, you have Gorton and Kent Hughes here. Now, Kent Hughes in his press conference, and I'm sure a lot of the pe- the people that are in here probably listened to it or heard clips of it, and we talked about it last episode. I'm not going to say that he didn't like he didn't really bring he didn't really talk much about Ducharme, but he 
but he definitely didn't say anything good about Duchamp. Yeah. And he didn't really praise the way that he's handled this team so far. And I mm -hmm. think that the way that Molson has gone so far, he's really wiped this his personnel entirely. So I think that going forward, and, and I agree with you, I don't think it's a move that's going to come right now, but come the offseason, I really don't see Duchamp being given another chance. But I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. No, I agree. I don't... Uh... I don't see him surviving the off season. Um, I just, you heard guys like Petrie talking about there's a lack of system. I don't know how much the system is lacking versus how much is the execution mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you, you can't take out the fact that you've got half an AHL roster. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of variables that you got to consider when it comes to Ducharme and how the team has been performing, but it just seems like so much of it can be linked back to coaching and it seems like the losses that came from this from the from this promotion whether it be moral losses or actual losses on the ice they outweigh the the, the positives of having Ducharme there yeah and if you don't mind me chiming in one more time here but what i wanted to say is that i also feel like that extension gave him security right and exactly. we have to keep in mind that the second he signs that 3 year extension he in in his mind he believes that now this is his team and yep. Bergevin is the one that grants him permission to take control of this team and kind of do what he wants with it. But clearly we've seen so far and look, it's a losing season and we've, we've committed to that. But at the end of the day, how long you can lose, but there's a difference between losing and losing, but also bettering your team slash developing your younger guys. And we haven't seen any of that so far this season. So that's yeah. what scares me a little bit. Do you, yeah, I mean, sorry, do you guys? The, uh, oh, oh no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add that this obviously the losing environment that the Habs are currently living in is no good for the development of the youngsters. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously the example of Primo is often used because he's he's right now the starting goaltender. It's you'd rather have him in Laval playing a full season on a winning on a winning team than having him in the mm -hmm. show getting lit up and losing. You know, like it just doesn't help the development. If if anything, it, it contradicts it. For sure. Like if it were up to me, I'd send Caulfield down as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. Um, I'll, I'll go by last names here, Grinnell, because yep. this is two Justins. <laughs> um, do you wipe the whole coaching staff, or is there one person you keep? Is is Burroughs still safe? Is or do you think Hughes just goes in there, chooses the head coach, and that head coach chooses who he wants? I personally, I keep Burroughs, but I mean, we heard. We heard uh, the management talking about how they're going to assess everyone. So they're not playing favorites. They're not coming in with a bias. They're it's clean slate. Everyone has to prove that they deserve the job that they that they that they have right now. And if they don't, well, they're out of town. So mm -hmm. I think it's the right approach. It's it's tough love, but it's a business. They're they're the Habs. They have to win games. And I mean, if if it means losing guys that maybe we would keep because of what they've done in the past, then then I'm here for it. Right. And and lastly, like just a. For both of you, do you think it's a red flag when you're in the the conference finals and your coach leaves to quarantine and you play even better hockey? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd say like, so. is it is it Richardson who is it Richardson who comes with a new approach, or is he just say, you know what, guys, just keep doing what you're doing on the Ducharme system? I'm not gonna. He had to have said something. There's no way he goes behind the bench and just says, "All right, I'm gonna FaceTime uh, Dominic and <laughs> and ask him what the system is and just guys play the system like." There has to be something. But um, so, sorry, I just have a quick question for you. Yeah. When I know Richardson came in, but I just at what point was it exactly? It was after Game One against Vegas. I believe. Okay, so yeah. so here's the here's the or question that I'm going to ask both of you. Can I, I believe a lot? Look, I, I play hockey. I not not as much anymore, but I, I believe in chemistry mm -hmm. and I believe in a team oh, working yeah, together right. with with 
with some sort of continuity and some sort of chemistry, right? What, what, like something leads me to believe that this playoff run had nothing to do with the coaching and the way that they played. I, I believe that they just all came together and said, look, we're on a goal to win the Stanley cup and we're on a, on a goddamn mission right here. Yeah. But this mission is only going to be accomplished if we can all come to play together and Suzuki plays with Caulfield and they, they gel and you have to fully addition. And then you have Sherratt playing well with Petrie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so who knows how much Richardson and Ducharme legitimately played in this playoff run? I agree. I agree completely. I, um, I mean, system and and the base, like playing the game, will only get you so far with the system. You can know how to do the stuff. You can you can learn it. You can you can apply it. But playing with the fire they played with in the playoffs after like after that series versus Toronto, like did they sweep the Jets after? Like it was just, it felt like it was just more than them playing hockey games to win. Everyone right. had a purpose. Everyone was fighting together for that same purpose. And I mean, to come so close, it was just heartbreaking, obviously. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree completely. I don't think that coaching had as big as, as big a role as you would think. Right. Um, I'm not neglecting its, uh, its use, of course, obviously, but I think that just the, the emotion of the playoffs has such an underrated role in, in, uh, in games that are played in the playoffs, of course. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Grinnell, you have two minutes left. Is there anything uh, you want to touch on before uh, before you head out? Is there a last comment? That was uh, comment? that was it was coaching. I'll, I'll make a comment. I wanted to congratulate Habs legend David DeHarnell on making Team Canada. Um, <laughs> for him, good for him. Well deserved. A couple like, Habs legends there. Like that power play can be consisted of Jordan Wheel, David DeHarnell, Mark, Stahl? Mark uh, uh, Eric, Eric Stahl, Eric Mark Stahl. Barbario. That's a, hey, look at that. Holy then you have Cole Julian behind the bench. Maybe they have new developed players. Yeah, <laughs> Olympic players. Can't forget <laughs> that. In the long, long, long term, it no, finally works out. In the out. long term, when in the long, stars don't want to go. Long term. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. Look, Laval's probably happy. They got some some rocket legends <laughs> going for gold. So, um, there you go. So, yeah, uh, Justin, we thank you uh, for joining. Yeah, thank Hope you so much. Thanks a lot, man. Guys. Again. Thanks so yeah. much. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um, next. It's so, it's so cool. I don't know. Just I love it. Throwing people in here. Having a good time. Um, next, we're supposed to have Giuliano, but he just left the the session here. No problem. Um, I'll wait two more minutes um, for him to to join. Oh. oh, is he back? Yeah, he's back. He's he back. He's back. All right, so I'll add him, him now. I don't know if he's preparing. There we go. So we'll get him in here. Giuliano. How's it going, boys? How are you? Hey, what's good, up? How are you, boy? Good, good. Oh, well, Sorry man. about that. Um, no worries. To what's start on your off, mind? <laughs> Sorry? What's on your mind, my friend? Wow. Uh, a lot <laughs> of things. A lot of things. I mean, first off, I think we could all agree here. Um, we've just completely given up with this season um the past couple of games have been super brutal i mean like they've been playing super well lately like the past like three four games against minnesota was an exception but i think uh last night against who was it that they played anaheim. um anaheim that's right i think they really picked it up the first period was brutal but i think with the canadians is that they honestly they're used to like frequent changes so when something's not going their way, they'll change it immediately and that'll affect the way they play. 
And it's like on their mental heads, you know, like it's on their mental game. Like it's not always a physical part, but it's all, it's like the energy on the ice, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and um, at the end of the day, it's, it's about having a little bit of consistency, which we haven't, we haven't, we've been saying since day one, which yeah. they continue to lack since we started this podcast, mm-hmm. like a little oh, less yeah. than a year ago. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best time to start a podcast because like they're not doing too well but i mean it is also good because um like you know they're they're giving us something to like talk about which is good because like you know we could feed off this and like you know the media and the the fans coming together can maybe help you know the staff or the employees of the habs like make decisions but like obviously the way jeff gordon like jeff molson handled it so far which is another point I want to bring up. Um, how do you guys feel about the situation that when Jeff Gordon stepped in and like what he's done behind the scenes? How do you feel about that? Want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I think Jeff Gordon was a great addition. Um, you know, it, he's a real hockey guy. I think it's it's clear from his press conferences. Clear from if you look at his past history, what he's done, what he's done. Um, it's very rare, or I don't remember the last time the Habs had a guy. Um, at the top of hockey operations, who's built his way up into hockey. Mark Bergevin played in the NHL for a long time. He was AGM in Chicago and then became the GM here. Um, so it's good to see a guy build his way up the ladder. Um, I think he's a smart guy. I loved what he did with the Rangers. Um, and honestly, I think it's a new perspective, um, not only with him, but with Kent Hughes, just to see those three guys, including Jeff Molson, um, that are going to bring a different culture to this team that we haven't seen in a while, a winning culture. I and I think, uh, and I think it's good. It's a good, uh, it's a good view. Yeah. And, and I'll just, I'm just going to add on that quick. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm sorry, Justin. No, you're good. Um, um, what's it called? Do you guys think that Jeff Gordon is really the general manager of this team? And they just needed like a, a spokesperson to like talk in front of the media. So it's funny. I actually, we've talked about yeah. this off, off camera. And the one thing that, that I'll say is that I heavily believe that I did believe that. And I, and I, and I agree with like, I, I, I really did think that whoever they brought in was kind of going to be like a puppet if you, if you will. Yeah. But now I'm kind of getting the, the idea and the, the impression that look, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, look there, we, we know we've heard it all. They're not best friends and they've made that clear, <laughs> but I, but I do think that they are going to work together to a certain extent. And look, I just don't think that Jeff Gordon's going to be over Kent Hughes's shoulder, micromanaging every single move, but I, I do think they'll th- work well together. Yeah. Honestly, I think yeah, they're so going to like blend very well together and make, you know, well, like very good decisions to, to make this hockey team a lot better in the future. Like, Kent Hughes was saying in the uh, press conference, I don't know if you guys watched, but he wanted a more offensive team, a puck moving team, you know, now as I see our team, it's, it's more of a defensive team. You know, we rely all on our, on our big defense on, you know, our defensive system, but like our systems up front, I just aren't working. Like, like dumping and chasing the puck in on the power plays. It's, it's not working, you know, like that's another thing. I know Justin previously, uh, he just mentioned coaching. But I think that's a big change that the Habs have to make is is systems and and power plays, penalty kill. I mean, our penalty kill hasn't been that bad. Um, that's probably the only thing that I'm actually proud of this team for <laughs> right now. Um, but I think coaching in general, they just need a clean wipe and and they need to bring new guys in. 
I think we mentioned this last episode, just back on the Ken Hughes thing. Uh, was it you maybe? We don't think that Ken Hughes would have left uh, being such a big player agent and at the top of such a big agency just to be micromanaged. So that's another it's key. True. Like if yeah, if there was of, another guy, maybe would have thought. But this guy left and he, he kind of had to be convinced to come here. So um, I don't think he's going to be micromanaged. On the coaching yeah. standpoint, like we said, yeah, I agree. Just wipe that. Wipe it all. Yeah. Um, the thing about Ken Hughes, though, what you just said about convincing, like how he was like, you know, he, he didn't like want to be the GM, you know, like mm-hmm. there was a bit of pressure on him. But I think, like you said in the press conference, again, that he said he was the right guy for this position and working alongside uh, Jeff Gordon and, of course, Jeff Molson. I think they're going to work all together instead of working individually, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's the fact that he didn't want to be GM. I think it was just hard for him to leave his other job. It's yeah. tough, especially yeah. financially and legally, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But but another and then, thing I want to yeah, touch. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna add to your point about about the coaching thing. Like, I, I Ducharme, like I said, should have been gone a long time ago. Now, yeah, no, we, I don't agree with the signing. I'm sorry. That, that no, made, I do. that made no sense to me. Like, but like, yeah, it's it's just like he has no NHL experience. You know, like. I get it. He coached World Juniors. Yeah, he won gold, I think it was. But mm-hmm. you got to bring in a guy with, like, NHL experience, you know? A it's guy a that knows how the game, NHL right? works. Yeah, completely. It's different speed. You know, it's, again, it's the mental game. It's it's just everything. Like, you're dealing with kids compared to, like, a various age group. It's not just young guys, you know? You're dealing with older guys with families, with stuff going on in their in their, in their their own lives, you know? And that's everybody. Absolutely. But I think the way Ducharme has handled this, I, I'm, I'm not too confident in what he has in his future. And I think they honestly, you know, they need to let him go. Even though he does have, uh, what, two years left on his contract, it's just exactly. a sacrifice they're going to have to make. Unless they keep him for the next three years while they're under development. But if you want a good development for your players, you got to bring in a good guy. You know, mm-hmm. Right. It might not be worth the yeah, risk. Yeah, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. That's it. I don't think so either. Agree. Uh, another thing I wanted to just point out was goaltending. Obviously, we all know Carey Price. Um, I don't know where he stands right now. I know I read up something last week about he was just uh, recovering from his leg injury. I think it was. He tweaked it in the playoffs. But I think it's more than that. I think um, there's stuff going on around him. Maybe it was the playoff loss. You know, it could be stuff off the ice, with family issues. But... Um, would you guys say he wants to retire in Montreal? I, I would like to, I would like to think so, but at the end of the day, he can also flip the script and tell mm-hmm. us or tell the manager, tell us, what is, he can definitely <laughs> he not tell us, us if he wants. <laughs> but he, he definitely tell, he could definitely approach Ken Hughes, approach Jeff Gordon and say, look, look, I, I, I've enjoyed my time here and I think I've built a, a nice resume for mm-hmm. myself, but I want to win. And I don't think here right now in the, in this five year window, he's going to be winning anytime soon. So, no. look, I, I think especially if there is a, a rebuild uh, to say, like everybody has been expecting. Sure. But going back to that is, um, you know, we have a lot of depth in our young goaltending. I think with Primo, uh, the way Montembeau has been playing the past couple of games, you know, the past two weeks, he's been really saving us. You know, he's been saving 40 shots, 30 shots a game. It's uh, It's crazy on what a young goaltender can do like like that and you just bring him in and he performs like that it proves like he wants a spot on this team but 
I think if if we go, this is really big here, but I think if we trade Price, get a good offensive forward, maybe like a Stamkos kind of guy, like Petrus Bergeron, something like that, you know, I think that could really change us because goaltending isn't our whole team. Honestly, I think Carey Price is our, our, you know, our main player. When everybody hears of the Montreal Canadiens, they think Carey Price, you know, but goalies can't do everything. Goalies can't score. And I think our, our biggest problem is scoring. So I think they need to bring in a guy that has the offensive power and the IQ to work with different kind of players, younger, older, whatever it is, and just, you know, give the team confidence. Give a guy like Caulfield confidence. Give a guy like Suzuki confidence to play on the ice, you know? Because I see when when uh, when I'm watching the games, like, it's just they're lost out there, you know? They don't know how to play with each other. Ducharme is switching up the lines every every couple shifts. There, there's no chemistry, like that was previously said. Like, I think having a nice consistent line going for them, maybe put Caulfield and Suzuki back together, could really work out for them. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so we reached the ten minute mark. Um, was there anything that you wanted to say quickly that was on your mind? Uh, no. No, uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no Thanks worries. It was fun. On, it was a good, yeah, a good yeah. conversation. There's, all, there's honestly so much to cover here, and uh, and I think we did yeah. a lot. Yeah. Wish I had yeah. more time, but I don't. Know. Matt, we'll next, do it again. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. All right thanks. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, before we enter the next guest, yeah. um, there was I sent you an article yesterday. Um, it was from Tivia that apparently Kent Hughes said Carey Price is intouchable. Well, it's ain't to shove the word in French. So untouchable, right? Yeah, untouchable. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> intouchable. Ain't, ain't, uh, it was ain't to shove. That was the right. word. Um, look. That's could interesting it, to me, though. But, you know, it, it's it's a quote from a quote. Right. And, and it could be misinterpreted. It could be misinterpreted. Right? But um, if that's if that's the way he's going, sure. Like it, it to me, and before we get the next person, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it quickly. But it, to me, it doesn't matter which way it goes. If you if you trade him to a contending team, and you know you retain some sort of cap, and you you know you're able to get something in return, great. But at the same time, if you hold on to his cap space or his let's just call it dead cap, that's yeah. not gonna really affect the Habs in the next four to five year window. You reach the floor, and you 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 call it a day, right? Put his jersey in the rafters. There that's you simple. go. All right, next we got Matthew. There you go, Matthew's in. What's going on, Matt? Uh, hey, guys. Oh, hey, oh, there we go. There we go. No worries. No worries. My camera here. How's All it right. going? Good. And you? All good over here. Good. good. All right. So I wanted, well, before I started, I had something I wanted to say, but you just brought up the whole untouchable thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think the word untouchable in the NHL means absolutely nothing. That's fair. I, I think he they say that to the media because they want to drive the price up. Obviously, he wants either Edmonton, Colorado to pay more for price. So he's using the word untouchable. I'm sure he uses it in private meetings with Sackick or uh, <laughs> whoever it is, or Holland. But something I read that was interesting was that he said that they're going to name a captain next year. Mm-hmm. Which means, if you think about it, the only guy they're going to name is Gallagher. No, I don't think so. Or Suzuki, maybe. Suzuki. You think Suzuki, yeah. you think he could handle the pressure mm-hmm. at his age? Look, if just, Brady Kachuk can, I don't see well, why Suzuki can't. You know, like, look, like, do I think? Sorry, before you go, I, I, I think Gallagher deserves it. Yeah. Like, but, but it also begs the question, right? Like, is he here at that? Like, he might be gone. Like, he could ultimately mm-hmm. be gone. Who knows, man? It's, it's a mess. But I think you have to trade him. I, you have to. 
Well, you said Kachuk, right, on Ottawa? Mm-hmm. And the thing is with Kachuk is that the Senators are Brady Kachuk's team. They're filled with yeah. young guys, and he's, like, built to lead that team. The thing is with Suzuki, you got older guys like Mike Hoffman who came here because he said, look, the Habs just went to the finals. I want to win a cup. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you think Mike Hoffman's mm-hmm. going to say, no, no. oh, yeah, in the locker room, Nick Suzuki's my captain? And, like, Gallagher, like, that's why I think I think Gallagher deserved it over Weber in the first place. But that's another story. Yeah. And then, but Gallagher's beat up. Like I was yeah. talking to Liam the other day, and we both agree he needs like two years uh, rehab. That's why I trade him. Stone. His hands are stone. Yeah. 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 I think his whole body's destroyed. I don't think he could he could play hockey. Well, I mean he can, but it's like just not at condition as a high mm. le- at a high level as high of a level as he was before, right? So. Look, That's when, a 30 goal score. Exactly. Yeah. When people ask uh, who do you build this team around for the next um, few years, it always starts with the name Nick Suzuki. And I think give him the letter on his jersey. That's fair. Uh, so the thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is obviously I see you guys tweet a lot and uh, about the <laughs> certain movement. And that is the pain for Shane movement. I like this. I like yeah, this. Yeah. So obviously, if the Habs finish dead last, they are guaranteed a top three pick, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you look at the odds, though, they have a fifty-five point six percent chance of of hitting their death pick, and that is the third overall pick. Third overall, we yeah, all know right. how that goes mm-hmm. <laughs> with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So my question was: obviously, if they pick two or three, who do you got? Like, who do you want them to take instead of right? Good question. So I just yeah. want to bring something up here because Mark and I have discussed this before, mm-hmm. but the one thing is that it almost might be beneficial to not get the first overall pick. And you might, and I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that, but the thing, the thing is for us is that, look, Shane Wright is a great, fantastic hockey player and he's good at certain things, but is he great? Is he that guy? We don't know, but it might force other teams to say, look, we have to take Shane Wright. So whoever falls to us next is best player mm-hmm. available. We take him. But in my opinion, I think Logan Cooley yeah, consensus Logan Cooley. is that number two. But it, look, it's still up in the air. Number three, I'm a big Matt Savoie guy. But I'm not I'm not a huge draft guy. And that's why we're going to get Liam's brother in here to explain us some <laughs> yeah. of the draft stuff. But um, <laughs> but I, I, I would say those three. And look, there's some right-handed defensemen out there. But our RD is pretty set in terms of future. Yeah. So I think you need to take one of those best player available type guys. Mm-hmm. I'd go Cooley, 100%. I think he's one of those Americans where there's always that guy who comes out of that development uh, program. Trevor Zegris is Cole Caulfield. There's Turcotte. I feel like there's always that guy who awesome, comes out and is just a stud, right? Yeah. Um, look, if you get first overall pick, there's so much pressure on not only are you going to take right or not, or if you do take him and he doesn't pan out, you look like an idiot. And if you don't take him and he does pan out, you look like an even bigger idiot. So is it like we said, I think it might be beneficial just to get number two. If they don't take right, then you take right at two. Right, because then because then it's like an obvious You have thing. to take him, yeah. right? If they take right, then you go for your guy Cooley or Savoie or defenseman. Yeah, I think you got to stop picking defensemen in the top uh, rounds because you guys, you guys have like you have Harris who's saying like there's no more room for me. I'm gonna go to right. Boston as a UFA. So That's true. make him give him some room. Mac, uh, just a quick question: uh, any is is that is that along the lines of what your order would be, or is there anything like anything that stands out to you? Stands out to you? It's I, I'm happy you asked me that because I actually agreed with you when you said Shane with the whole Shane Wright thing. Because if you look at his WHL numbers now, he's barely over point per game. Right. So he's not like if you look at the last top 10 projected first overall picks, I'm pretty sure he's like dead last. 
right. he's not producing at a first overall pick level. So if the Habs manage to drop into that 2-3 spot and get Cooley or Savoie, I think that's probably going to end up better for them. Because mm-hmm. just in the pressure to being drafted first overall, unless you're obviously Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby and you're guaranteed generational talent, like, it's just it's so hard. Right. No, I definitely agree. Yeah, look, I mean, I, again, I think that this draft, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making a, not an assumption, but a, you know, an educated assumption, an educated mm-hmm. guess that this draft has a lot of talent. However, it doesn't have anything exceptional. And it's tough for a Montreal Canadiens team who kind of needs that exceptional right now. We're kind of a year ahead, unfortunately. But with all that being said, I think that there's still so much talent within the top five, even reaching to the top seven, top 10, but preferably in the top five, of course. So look, I'm, I'm okay with anyone, but I almost rather not take right there because look, his numbers are underwhelming in, in a junior league in the WHL. And, and look, if he was putting up those numbers in Finland, like I, I would say, holy cow, you're insane. Like you're, 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 in, but, but he's not, and it's the WHL and his points per game is not where it should be right now. So Begs a lot of questions for sure. Mm-hmm. It sucks that he has exceptional status though, because then it makes you like want to take him. But really Sean bad. Day had exceptional status. Yeah, everyone had it. But um, this draft reminds me a lot of 2017, where the Elias, Elias Peterson of the fifth overall pick is going to be the best player out of the draft That's or the possible. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not the Nico Hisha or the Nolan Patrick. Heiskinen is up there, but yep. you know what I mean? Not he <laughs> it was Kale McCarr. Yeah, I yeah. see three, four, five. Those are the best, yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah. Well, because I'm just hoping with a lot of Habs fans, because I think back, obviously, if you look at the 2015 season, right? And I'm looking at the numbers now. Buffalo had a 20% shot at winning the lottery, but we know who ended up with Connor McDavid. The Oilers mm-hmm. had a 11% shot. And I'm wondering if the Habs don't draft first, like if the fan base is going to go nuts. Like, or you know what? Maybe they're actually willing to give the guy they draft at two or three a shot. Mm-hmm. He's no. got a hit, in my opinion. He's got a he, hit. And, and look, and like Matt, Mac, like honestly, and this is between us three right here. <laughs> if the Montreal Canadiens do not hit on this draft pick, what, like in the top five, assuming, like this, this is going to pose a lot this of is the problems. most important pick of the next five years. And and yep. look, you could say, oh, next, you know, next year, like let's say, let's say we were to get, uh, let's just say Savoie. You get Savoie. Mm-hmm. Then you get then you get Mitchkov the year after. Let's say you're just that, that bad. Lucky. Yeah. You're that lucky. Like, I don't care. I still think that this is what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are gonna say. Look, we have this draft pick. Now let's see how we can build around this mm-hmm. draft pick. But if you mess that up, you're messing up big time. And I think a lot of pressure's on this management going forward. Yeah. Uh do you guys like Jeff Gordon as uh I love him. Of hockey operation. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking like with the Rangers, right? They didn't need a full rebuild. They needed a retool, right? So they mm-hmm. got Panarin and that team is completely just 360. The, the Metro, like the, what are they? They're first, I believe, in the Metropolitan Division, which is stacked. Yeah, but, hot, but, yeah. but like the thing is with the Habs, though, they need a full rebuild. And it's like, can he do it? Like, and can he? And the, the thing is with the Habs, the biggest meme, it's, it's, oh, yeah, give them another three years. Give them another two years. Like this might take honestly like another like seven to eight, it's another seven to eight years. But do they need a full re- like I know they need like a no. Don't but here's the thing: this, I'm though. not saying retool. I'm just saying. I think they do. Look, if you're building a house, I think the Habs, the basement's there. The basement's already there. You got with Romanov, third round picks. No, no, no. You got Romanov, Suzuki, Harris, Struble, Caulfield, Caulfield Gooley. Right. You got your guys: Primo, Norlander. 
Logan Meyer. And then you got your look. Is Chris Kreider like a Tyler Toffoli in this situation? Is a Chris Kreider a Tyler Toffoli in this? I, I I would I would compare more Chris Kreider to the Josh Anderson in this situation. Yeah, just Chris Kreider uh, scores a lot. Yeah, well, you know well, I mean? no, Chris but I'm not comparing Kreider. the player. I'm not comparing the player. I'm comparing this the, the type of contract and what the, oh, because no, Kreider no. Kreider sat through that quote unquote retool. No, no, it's because yeah, I'm comparing this. Sure. If you look at the Rangers sure. now, obviously they got Panarin, but the Habs don't have a market to get a first. Well, uh, you throw money at the guy and come to the Big Apple. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, work. it's easy. It's easy. Come, come yep. get some slush on the on the street. But if you, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you get a build around, island. if you build around the basement, like I just said, the basement, and you keep a guy like Toffoli, who in two years can still probably maybe score 25. Right, but Mark, that also, and, and I want to hear what Mac has to say too, mm -hmm. but it, it also brings up the question, does Tyler Toffoli demand something on this trade market right now? And, oh, and that's, the answer yeah, to me, topic, yeah. the answer, but but it is it is a different topic, but they're interrelated just because it because that will, whoever leaves at this deadline slash offseason, like, and whoever remains is probably going to remain for a good amount of time. Yeah. No? Uh, yeah. You're not um, keeping Anderson around for one year if you can move him now. No, we'll I, keep him around I, for four or five. Just Toffoli's value might be more important to Suzuki than to the trade market. You're right. You know what I mean? I can, but that, yes, yes. Yeah. But his, but his trade value is probably like he. You can probably fetch something amazing for Tyler Toffoli. I think so. Uh, like I was trying to think. Uh, I know Calgary wanted him. I forget what the return was though. I'm sure Vancouver wants them. <laughs> Vancouver yeah. Wants well, <laughs> With their new GM. Yeah, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, the Canucks. Who knows? So well, now so, they have the Pittsburgh AGM. You're a Pittsburgh fan? Yeah, I'm a Penguins fan. I like to watch my team win. Yeah. I enjoy so, it. <laughs> so I have a question. So uh, we'll leave yeah. it at this. How about this? Um, Montreal ends up t drafting top three. They don't mm -hmm. get number one, okay? They get, And they get number two. Are you Look, I don't know how, how much you know about the draft, but presumably with what you know, who are you taking there? Is it an easy answer in Logan Cooley or is there someone else that sticks out to you? I like Matthew Savoie a hundred percent over Logan Cooley. Okay. He's a bit smaller. Well, not really because Cooley's 5'10", Savoie's 5'9", but Savoie's bigger. He's 10 pounds heavier and he, he's the fastest skater in the draft. His acceleration is insane. Yeah. And he's playing but why wasn't he invited to the camp? To yeah, the World Junior yeah camp? that's a good question. I, I I've know. always wanted to know that. Why wasn't he? There has to be something, and I want to know. Does you he know have a bad attitude? Age. What? I think it's his age. I think it was just he? he was too young. Oh, Bedard's um, 16. I know he's, he's amazing. Yeah, but, but Bedard, okay, yeah, but Bedard's next level. Yeah, right. That's like, he's two steps ahead every single person in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like a top five pick should be at the World Juniors. And what's that reason why he wasn't? I, I want to know. know. Maybe it was an attitude I'm a scout, issue, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, they'll see in this interview. But 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 you can also ask the question as to why they didn't invite Brant Clark, who got drafted at fifth overall last year. True. Like, yeah, that makes true. No yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. That's an so, attitude thing. I'm pretty sure. I've yeah, read some stuff about Clark in the locker room. Apparently, he's not a fun guy. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's. We'll leave it on that nugget of information. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. Yeah. Really. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Ton of fun. Thank you too. Bye. Have a good one. See you so now we we kind of just did a, a shallow dive into the draft shallow and now we have our but now uh, we have a, now we have our scout <laughs> we have our director of amateur scouting for habs culture uh rylan bomb brother we should of actually Liam do that on draft day rylan will be here. rylan okay uh, well i added him to the stream let's see if he uh if he, he wants to get a snack yeah he was last going on? No, I'm, I'm here oh he's there he's, okay our, our amateur scouts here our amateur scouts here. <laughs> king of the world juniors you know the, the in and yes. out of the world juniors rylan welcome yes. to the podcast so craig um craig. what what information so so welcome first of all um, Thanks for having me. look, 
I, I, I was thinking about this all day because I was like, Ryland is going to make an appearance, but his appearance is going to be different than everyone else's because I don't want him talking about the Habs, even though he knows about yeah. the Habs. I want him talking yeah. about <laughs> about his his he this guy this guy knows See, this guy knows this guy knows uh, he knows, he knows the stuff. kids he knows them and we're putting a lot of pressure on yeah, him. Yeah, but uh, Ryland, I almost called you Liam, but <laughs> Ryland, um, give us give us a general, you know. I don't know. I don't want to go into d- deep dive into every single prospect, but is there anything, you know, in the top 10 that, you know, stands out to you, a guy like Shane Wright, like where he's going, Savoie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anything like that? Is there anything that you can provide us with information? Yeah, just um, before I get into just like <laughs> draft strategy and how we're getting into all that, it's these next five months are absolutely imperative to the next five years of the half. Yeah. Who goes at the deadline will get back and this year more than ever um it's like one of those drafts like last year where you're gonna see guys go from the 20 to 50 range where you just look back and think how the hell did that guy fall yeah this far? yeah right and we need to start stacking up we need if we don't walk out of that deadline with at least two extra first round picks it's a fail in my opinion wow we need to I be like going into, like Lekin, if you can i love lekin i would love for lekin to stay and mm-hmm. like unless you're getting a first for lekin i say we keep him like because what's what's the hope? You deal Lekin for a second round pick and hope that second round pick turns into another Lekin. There's no point, right? So yeah, unless you're getting a first round pick for Lekin, um, in my opinion, like you keep him. But yes, mm-hmm. getting a first for Lekin or an elite prospect like a guy like Kravtsov, I love. He's big. He's scary. yeah. He, I like Kravtsov. I think, um, but yeah, so I think you have to target Edmonton first, no? Edmonton. For yeah, like um, if you target yeah, their first. Think... If they want Sharat, you target theirs over um a Florida, right? Because I don't know. Yeah, is Edmonton say... gonna make the playoffs? They won three in a row, but you know, I I I think Ken Holland is just not a good GM at this point. He's <laughs> no. old. He, he's uh not. <laughs> he's stuck in he's his ways a... at this yeah, point. Yeah. He's just he's stuck in his ways. He's uh not very into the new modern in the modern style of the NHL, and uh, he hasn't adapted. And I think. You know he, but he's still not a complete idiot. He knows that if the if the Edmonton's out of the playoff contention, he's not going to move that pick. Right, uh, he's been around long enough to at least have that common sense. There you go. Um, but yeah, like I said, walking into this draft with three first round picks is a very, very, very big advantage to have. And our early second, which I believe we kept, I think the the Dvorak trade the second was a couple of years down the line. I think it was twenty twenty four. Right. Um, yeah, Bergevin doesn't trade late round picks. He likes those <laughs> yeah. ones for Trevor. But, yeah, so going into this draft, um, we've built, and that's this is the only thing I can I can um, credit Bergevin and Timmons for. I mean, they've been here for ten years. They built a deep prospect pool. We mm-hmm. have, and they were just finding their stride as they left, which um, it's nice to see. But it was just time to go. Yeah. Um, what we have right now is just players to fill out our our bottom six and middle pairing D for the next ten years. Like we. Mm-hmm. So many guys that are obviously they're not going to become stars, but guys that you know will make it to the next level. Yan Mishak, he's obviously oh, has the skill one. to become the next to become a top line player, but he looks like he'll just be a great complimentary, like a Thomas Tatar type of player, middle six guy that um, complements other players on his line. And we know how how valuable Thomas Tatar was to this team when you go um, in depth with it. And just looking at the decor, especially with guys like Harris, Struble, Gooley. Jack Guy, Mayu. Jack Guy was a great find, by the way. Mayu, yeah, Norlander. Um, yeah. Norlander. Those guys will all be at least bottom pairing defensemen. You know, Norlander's floor is just a 
you know, like a Batman type of power play quarterback, but hopefully he can develop into a top pairing guy. You know, mm-hmm. Gooley is big. He can skate. He can shut down. And hopefully that offense, um, hopefully that offense develops into what he can be a top pairing guy. Mayu, he's big. He's like Petrie. He can skate. He can protect the puck. He can score. Um, I mean, obviously there's the off-ice issues that have to be resolved, but he looks like a solid offensive defenseman. And uh, that decor looks like, the, at least in terms of a base, we're there. But the reason we need to get those first-round pick, picks this year is if you can walk out and get at least one steal out of mm-hmm. that 20 to 30 range or whatever, 17 to 30 range, and hit on that top three pick that we end up getting, you are looking gold. Because right now we have all the complimentary pieces in place. You know, I didn't even mention Romanoff. Um, Yolone, <laughs> who looks, Yolone, who looks like he's going to be mm-hmm. a great piece on the wing. Josh Bois. Ryland, do you mind? Do you mind if I just uh, yeah, step yeah. in here? I, I I just have a quick question. Would you compare the potential situation, the potential outcome, like what you just mentioned, like a steal in the seventeen to thirty range, plus hitting on that top five or whatever it may be? Would you compare that to what Columbus did last year, in a sense? Yeah, I'd say Columbus definitely um, put like a turbocharge in their rebuild with that last draft because Cole Sillinger, I was very high on him heading into the draft. Um, and Ken Johnson obviously is just a wizard. Yeah, he's so wow. good. Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. Columbus isn't even done. They got Bofus out of that trade, and they got another first round pick this year that's going to be a top ten pick because Chicago made a horrible deal for Seth Jones. Right. So if you're looking at it, Chicago, uh, Columbus has two top ten picks again this year, which is insane. Yeah, and and we, and sorry, yeah, but so I just want to say that we we also have to keep in mind because Mark and I haven't really talked about it, but you're absolutely right because if you think about it, if you if you maximize your first round picks. That does accelerate the process a little bit, 100%. right? On a rebuild, 100%. I mean, your rebuild... Easy, easier said than done, obviously. Of, of uh, course, of course. Look but... at our first round picks from twenty. Uh, I think Gordon does that. I think Gordon's the yeah, guy to do that. That's... Yeah, it's and definitely not Ken Timmons, Hughes. but I think I mean, Gordon's Hughes... the amateur scout in this situation. I think I know yeah, he's the president so. of hockey operations, but I think he's going to take over this draft floor and what he's going to what he did in Boston. He's going to do it here. Um, Even Ken, Ken Hughes knows the class. His son is uh, a first round, uh, at least projected first round yeah, pick in the class. That's right. John I Davidson. Think of all the was, Americans. Yeah, go ahead, yeah John sir. Davidson with uh, with the Rangers were drafting amazingly. The guy leaves to go back to Columbus, and then they have a crazy draft. Right. Yeah, I he's mean, the Yarmo president Yarmo Kekalainen is also just a phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. But they have they also probably have a very good amateur scouting staff. I don't know what the Habs if they're going to change that. Um, oh, I think the Habs are gonna definitely. Gordon's gonna get his hand on it. Um, yeah, Daniel yeah. Zore, who was yeah uh, a scout for him in New York, will New York. most likely be brought in um, by the end of the season, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But he has to wait. Yeah, he has to wait till the end of the yeah. season. I have, a, I have a question for you, Ryland, if you don't mind. Um, I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but let, let's let's shy away from the top five because you know what? Like, I know that you we could talk about right mm-hmm. Savoie all day. Um, are there three to five guys? I'm, I'm giving you a range here because I don't know, like, I know you know a lot, but I don't want to, like, put you too much on the spot. Are there three to five guys that are kind of, like, in your mind, steals that the Habs should look out for heading into the 2022 draft? And is Kent Hughes' son one of them? <laughs> yeah, <question>. so, <laughs> getting, I was I was excited to get into that. But, um, yeah, not Jack Hughes. Funny <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, I honestly don't know too much about him. I know he's... Uh, skilled player but honestly if we're looking to draft someone we're not I, don't, I wouldn't draft the center that late in the draft um i think if we're taking a center or four it's gonna be with our top three pick mm-hmm. yeah um 
and looking for more, you know, talented wingers and, and defensemen with that. Like, if I'm projecting us to pick like 18 and 25, um, a guy like Ty Nelson, I don't know if, how much you guys know about him, but I saw you broke the puck mm-hmm. yesterday. <laughs> he <laughs> is impressive, like to say the least. He's like 5'10, 196. He plays sound defensively. He's, I'm obviously can't compare him to Kale McCarr, but he is just so fun to watch and it's something the Habs have missed a, a, a power play quarterback on the right side it's it's you know a lot of scouts are, are drooling for a prospect like that and if he can fall because of his size um down to the 18 range I think he would be a phenomenal prospect for us to take and fits a positional need which is obviously amazing to have uh, um shame it yeah go ahead sorry. no no keep keep going keep going I should have a question for you when you're done yeah, uh, Seamus Casey, another defenseman, is like Quinn Hughes 2.0. Obviously, like, he's not being talked about in the top 10 as much just because you know, it's small defenseman, but another guy that just um, plays just an incredible offensive game. Uh, I, you can definitely see the trend because I want uh, a forward to be taken with that top three pick that looking for Denton Matejchuk, uh left-handed defenseman, so we're a bit deeper on that side, but solid he's like the analytic darling of this draft more plays an amazing transition game but in terms of defenseman yeah i i'd love ty nelson he is just amazing to watch marco casper as a forward mm. um, hey, he's from uh is it is it switzerland austria austria i'm i missed completely isn't marco rossi from austria Mar- yeah yeah, yeah. As well, they, yeah they played together in the world juniors last mm-hmm. year he's, okay um, He's he's uh, a little bit shorter too, right in size. In Casper, size? Yeah, I like Marco Rossi. Might just might be just under six foot. Okay, plays a good two way game, like solid offensive guy. If we don't, if we end up grabbing a winger with that top two pick, like a guy like Slavkovsky, maybe Casper could be a good second line center behind Suzuki, mm-hmm. hopefully. And mm-hmm. Philip Messar is the last one I'll go off of for this, uh, <laughs> this late first round pick. Range. <laughs> he's a smart guy so fast and he's if gordon's looking to build a fast team look at a guy like him absolutely before i ask my question Ryan, is this off the top of your head uh mostly yeah i mean i have the list of just <laughs> well i was at the odr with him and this guy's just naming 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 and he's he's going in depth on every single one this guys talking I about transitional games him. i think we should hire as our head him. of amateur scouting we'll give you <laughs> yeah, the title yeah. i don't mind um <laughs> Okay, Ryland, if the habs have we'll end it off on this because we're reaching the 10 minute mark if the habs have three first round picks this year there's a lot of pressure in montreal that um, you have to hit on QMJHL players. Do I agree? Oh, come on. Hey, I'm just I'm just mentioning this because it was asked many times to Ken Hughes the importance of Quebec Major Junior Hockey League players being on this team and developed properly. Do you is there one player that you see in the first round that stands out from the queue? And do you think the Habs should use one of those three picks? And I think they might have to considering um the critic they might get if they don't. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you're, I'm just—I'm not saying I agree with it. Here, man. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that Mark Bergerman got slandered, absolutely <laughs> slandered, and so did Trevor Timmons for not properly selecting. They did towards the end this year. They brought in all these Quebecers. They drafted a bunch of them, um, and right away at this press conference, Kent Hughes was asked the importance of drafting from the queue, and it was brought up that yes, the same thing that Bergerman said. It's super important, blah blah, blah because of this, the the province we're in. So, Ryland, is there a guy that stands out, or do you just you pick the best? In my opinion, you pick the best player available. I don't care where he comes from. I don't care if he, he could it's, be, the, it's the first uh, time he skates, but if he's better than everyone else, I take him. Right. Um, <laughs> is there a guy from the queue, though, Ryland, that, you, that yeah, you're eyeing? Um, if there's no must-take guy from the queue this year. Uh, it's a pretty weak 
class from them in general. Plus, we, I mean, we just we got like guys like Harvey Pinar and Josh Wall who look like they're going to be mm-hmm. solid NHLers. In terms of a guy that I could see us taking, uh, where it's just put, like where we're t- where we're drafting and positional need. Obviously, you draft the best guy available, um, mm-hmm. but I just don't see. I mean, late round is this uh, first overall pick in the Q draft a couple of years ago, Tristan Lino. He's okay. six foot two, solid skating, right-handed defenseman. Um, projected to go around that thirty range, which he's a he's a solid player. I like him. He's uh, there's not too much. To, he plays a good, solid two a game, and he's a great skater. Kind of like a lot of the defenseman prospects we've been drafting lately. They're kind of like a Struble, Gooley, those kinds of guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't play as, as hard nosed as Gooley, but a, just a bit smarter with the puck, mm-hmm. um, smarter just with the way he defends. Um, he's one guy I could see us drafting just based on, you know, right-handed defenseman. Based on the based minutes. on the filter that we're that yeah, we're based providing. on. But I I yeah. would just go for the best player no, available. Got, yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, obviously I, think... I I try not to focus too much on positional need other than the right wing. I just can't stand us drafting more right wingers right now because they are... shouldn't focus on positional need. No, they yeah, go for best player available. They, they screwed up too many times on positional need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look what happened. With, I mean, KK was obviously. I thought I still think he's going to develop into a pretty solid player. And I still think he was worth a top, closer to a five pick rather than top three. Um, but you know, look, we could have had Quinn Hughes, and it's, hindsight is twenty twenty. But Brady Kachuk. Uh, but again, like it's anyone, easy to say, yeah, but but we, but Ryland, you're right. We've messed up one too many times, and it, and again, like you said, yeah. these next five months are going to be crucial. And and like I said before, if if we don't hit and we kind of mess up these picks slash picks plural, then who knows where this franchise goes after this offseason. Yeah, just to touch on the top pick for a little bit because we haven't done so much of that. Um, if you get the number one pick, you take Shane Wright. Like Mark said, and I think he worded it perfectly, if you take him and he doesn't pan out, you look an idiot. But if you don't take him and he pans out, you look like an yeah. even bigger idiot. Right. So you're banking on, on... <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like if you're Jeff Gordon at this point and Molson and, and Hughes, you are confident that your development staff can get this done. You are confident that you know what you're doing and you won't mess up Shane Wright. Right. Because he's still a good <laughs> hockey mean, player. Of course, it sounds easier said than done, but we're the Habs, so you never know. Exactly. Um, but you take Shane Wright. And if not Shane Wright, um, and we pick two or three, you take the best guy available. I don't care what position he plays. I don't care, if, you know. Like you, like Mark said, he could be he could have learned how to skate yesterday. Yeah, you take the best. Yeah, if you could have learned to skate two weeks ago and turned into the greatest player of all time, you friggin' well, the best ODR player, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but um, yeah, and that guy right now for me has got to be at this point at least Logan Cooley. Um, Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to say because his upside may not be as high as Matthew Savoie. Savoie is just explosive. He's perfect for today's game. He plays like a Barzal of points. Um, that five nine frame does not justify you know how he plays this guy can hit like a truck when he wants to <laughs> um but yeah right now i think cooley's just it's hard to say because i'm calling cooley the safe pick good two-way player you know like a nick suzuki type of guy right. but Habs players are craving that uh, offensive superstar but True. you don't want to mess that pick up that's the absolutely not but yeah take the best guy available all right. Well, well, thank you so much to our head of amateur scouting, Ryler Ryland Baum, you, for I joining. Think, I think you should get like a new, like, um, like a Twitter handle. Like you, you have to, like, you have to switch that stuff up and write like Ryland, like underscore, like Habs cultures. Oh, like where it's like a uh, Craig Buttons right, TSN. Right. Yeah, whatever. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do. You we'll, could put we'll in your bio. That. You could put the uh, head of amateur scouting for Habs culture. For Habs culture. We'll, if, we'll work at the unless we'll you're too embarrassed. Details. But no, nah, no, nah, I'm all good with it. This is a. Uh, <laughs> 
It's very prestigious. Well, we thank you very much, Rylan. <laughs> yeah, thanks no a lot, Rylan. Have a good soon. one, man. See ya. Yeah, all right, so that's uh, that concludes that's all the guests. Um, that was really fun. That was a lot of fun. We're I had definitely gonna do it again oh, soon. Let's do it next week. No, it's it's yeah. No, but we, we again we encourage new people mm-hmm. all the time to join because look, like you know, I I, I get I learn new things from you guys. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, exactly. Look, like, I, I'm far from the most knowledgeable guy. Yeah, I'm not the draft even expertise. This, even at this yeah. table, so yeah, yeah. you know, um, it's 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 cool. So we appreciate that guys yeah so whoever joined thank you so much it was super fun i loved all of your different takes it, it's just fresh ideas or even to get a third opinion because i know we agree on a lot of things we like, do we kind of think the same um but yeah to get a, a bunch of ideas hopefully next time we get like someone who like really really like rattles our our cage or something that would be pretty funny but i don't know if i'd be like confident enough to tell them off you know i don't know maybe just some guy who just comes in and just I don't like know. we did like like what happened on the on the live on those Instagram lives yeah I don't know good old times um but yeah we'll do this again uh soon um and maybe we'll even bring in more people we'll do a longer episode yeah, we would love maybe to. we'll do more people stick to the f- five minutes is tough though like it is tough because uh, p- people have things to say yeah so maybe next time we we do f- uh, 15 10 minutes we get some more people on it'll be a longer episode but uh I don't mind I love listening to this I love talking hockey so um we could do it again is there anything you wanted to talk about before we end it? Like we're at an hour, four minutes. Not really. I think I think I'll keep it short here. Like, look, like the Habs have played over the past, like since we've recorded, they've played some good games, some bad mm-hmm. games, some interesting games, and and that's gonna happen. I don't think that there's much. Look, it's 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 we don't need to dive into every single game. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a lost season, and like we yeah. still watch, we still watch. But again, it's, I mean, it's we don't need to dissect who played well and who didn't because at the end of the day, team's not winning. So. Um, but we do have to do one thing. Of course we do. Um, the Habs play... Is it bold prediction time? Bold prediction time. They play Saturday night against the Edmonton Oilers at the Bell Center in front oh, of Zero fans. Against the Oil- you know what? You know what sucks? No one brought this up. What? Especially Liam, who I'm disappointed didn't bring it up because <laughs> he craves this guy. Uh, Trevor Zegers is goal last night. Yeah. Holy cow. In front of no fans. That sucks. Yeah, he even like, did that celly where he like, you know when you like, I put love your that hands and, like trying to listen to the crowd, but there's no crowd. Yeah. It's a very nice celly. Um, a great celly. Yeah, beautiful call. It like I was shoveling, I was cleaning my car, and my dad opened the door. He's like, "Come, come see this." No way. So I just ran in the house because I, I was shoveling like in between uh, Evans's goal right. and Zegers's goal. Okay. He's like, "Come see this," and I was just watching. I'm like, "I've always wanted to see it live." Right. Uh, and anyways, I didn't even see it live to be honest. With yeah, you. I've always wanted to see it live, and I was too busy outside this weather. Um, but the Habs play Saturday, um, tomorrow. Against the Edmonton Oilers, not only Connor McDavid but Evander Kane. Oh wow, will be debut. in the lineup debut. Obviously, it's against the Habs because it has to be. Ah, it just has to be. And he's probably going to score two goals, maybe get an assist to Connor. You know what though? Like, despite what he's what he's done, he's he's actually a great hockey player. Like you, watch oh, he's him. very talented. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking away what mm-hmm. he's done. Right? Like, we have yeah, to, yeah. We have that, to keep that in mind yeah. a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like he he's going to flourish, 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 whatever, flourish right next to yeah. McDavid. Yeah, he if, definitely will. If that happens. Um, do you believe in second chances? Or third? Or fifth? Sixth? I believe in... Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say yeah, yeah to that answer. Yeah. To that question. Um, so yeah, bold predictions for Saturday night's game? Um, I'm going to go with... Oh, God. It's it's disgusting. It's so I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I, I wish we could... Uh, whatever. I'm going to go with... Uh, I think Evander Kane's 
gonna score one okay <laughs> but i think then on the other side of things with montreal like i'm gonna go a goal from evander king but i'm also gonna go a goal from alexander romanov oh exciting one of each and maybe they get into a fight someone that... fights evander king wow do you think so well he he called out jeff o'neill he did call jeff o'neill so... everyone was like this the, the ink is still fresh on the paper and this guy's calling tsn reporters out literally and analysts that's insane yeah he was i was watching that interview on tsn this morning and he was like yeah i wish jeff o'neill still played in the nhl and then the interviewer was like, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I don't need to get into details about what I mean. Well, obviously, we know what you mean. You want to beat the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> and, like, funny. Anyways, um, my bold prediction, I'm going to say, um, Jesus, I'm going to I'm going to say uh, a goal and an assist from Jeff Petrie. OK, against his former team. Book it. <laughs> Book it. Jeff Petrie, goal and assist. we got a Vander Kane scoring um maybe fighting who knows that would be really cool though like i i would like i don't think he fights but i would really like to see romanov beat him up like that like i don't know if it would happen because vander kane's a strong guy yeah he's known to be a fighter but yeah but i don't know like that would add some spice to these games that are so boring yeah i don't you know, know I, mean? I think Vander Kane's trying to prove i, I think he can he's play gonna hockey. stay low yeah, yeah i think he's gonna stay, lo- stay lay low key. but but we say that but then he makes these comments so who, yeah, knows? who knows this guy <laughs> um but yeah it's gonna be a Hopefully it's an exciting game. You know what? I changed my bold prediction. All right. Here Instead we go. of the goals, because I don't I don't think that's spicy enough. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a Gordy Howe hat trick from both Romanov and Evander Kane. Oh. Wasn't the Gordy And they're gonna hat- fight each other. <laughs> it's uh, bold for a reason, Mark. And then just to add on to the bold prediction, I say Jeff O'Neill shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's watching from the stands, jumps on the ice. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're having too much. Him and Mike here. Johnson. Um <laughs> All right, so uh, so again, thank you to everyone who who joined. It was a ton of fun, guys. Like, really. Yeah, we'll post something uh, about doing this again soon on Instagram. So for those who are listening, are like, man, I wish I was on this. I would have liked to talk about Dominic Ducharme or Trevor Zegers, whatever. Um, we'll do this again. Just DM us. Just say, I'd like to be on anything, um, and we'll we'll find a way to to include you if we can. So um, so yeah, thanks to everyone who joined. And uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you on the flip side, guys. (laughs)